Hey, what's up, Tri-State Area? This is your boy, Uncle Vin Rock, from the legendary hip-hop group, Naughty by Nature. And right about now, you're listening to ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty. Hey, yo, Larry, tell them the top stories of the day. With Larry Hardesty. Top story today. NASCAR announces a ban on Confederate flags from all events and properties. This is wild. This is a surprise. This morning on Golik and Wingo, Bubba Watson made this statement. We are trying to figure out next steps, and my next step would be to get rid of all Confederate flags. There should be no individual that is uncomfortable showing up to our events to have a good time with their family that feels some type of way about something they have seen, an object they have seen flying. Um, no one should feel uncomfortable when, they're, when they come to a NASCAR race. So it starts with Confederate flags. Get them out of here. They have no place for them. Um, the narrative on that before is, you know, I, I wasn't bothered by it. But that, that I don't speak for everybody else. Yeah. I speak for myself. What I'm ch- chasing is checker flags. And that was kind of my narrative. But diving more into it and educating myself, people feel uncomfortable with that. People talk about that. That's the first thing they bring well, up. Let me- so there, you know, there's going to be a lot of, of angry people that, that carry those frag- flags proudly. But it's, it's time for change. We have to change that. And I encourage NASCAR. And we will have those conversations. So this afternoon, NASCAR made the announcement. Here's what they said, quoting, The presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment for all fans, our competitors, and our industry. Continuing the statement from NASCAR, bringing people together around a love for racing and community that it creates is what makes our fans and sport special. The display of the Confederate flag will be prohibited from all NASCAR events and properties. Wow. Do you know how long folks have been trying to get rid of the Confederate flag from NASCAR? It's amazing. Bubba Watson on Golik and Wingo, what's the what's your thoughts on crowds returning and how they'll react? I'm pumped for the fans to come back just to see their reaction. If I gain a ton of booze, that's fine. If I gain a ton of cheers, that's fine as well. It's even better. So it's not going to make me or break me of who I am and what I stand up for. It's, um, I, I knew going into this, everybody, everybody's going to have their opinion against me, good and bad. I've always said to be successful in the sport, you got to be able to manage the highs and lows. You got to be able to accept defeat. And although this isn't defeat of gaining or losing fans, it's that pressure that you have to be able to overcome and not let that steer you away from your end goal and, and, and winning races and winning championships. So it's just another, another day in the life of Bubba Wallace. We keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba Wallace, one of the outspoken great drivers in NASCAR. Speaking of statues being moved, the Panthers are moving a statue of disgraced ex-owner Jerry Richardson, according to the Charlotte to Charlotte reporter Joe Bruno. The absurd statue, which was erected in just 2016, features Richardson holding a football while surrounded by two Panthers. Now, you remember he sold the Panthers in 2018 after Sports Illustrated reported that he sexually harassed at least four women in office and used an unspecified racial slur against at least one African-American scout. Richard infamously told his own star quarterback, Cam Newton, no tattoos, no piercings, and I think you've got a very nice haircut when he was drafted in 2011. Ryan Clark was on Get Up this morning, and... Everybody's waiting to see if Jerry Jones of the Cowboys is going to make a statement following the statement that Commissioner Roger Goodell made on last Friday. Well, Ryan Clark says, don't hold your breath. 
Jerry Jones doesn't have a moral conflict. Jerry Jones is doing exactly what we are asking people to do. We are asking people to stand up for their principles, to stand up for their morals, to stand up for what they truly believe. And Jerry Jones did that in 2017. See, for Jerry Jones to come out right now and make a statement and say that black lives matter, to make a statement and say that there needs to be change in this world, I feel that would be going against what he believes. And one thing Jerry Jones has always told us is he ain't no liar. So he's not going to come out and lie and say, I stand where Colin Kaepernick stood in 2016. He's not going to come out and say, I stand where my players stand now as they lead marches and they lead protests and they lead rallies to try to bring unity, not only to our people, but to all people. See, Jerry Jones is doing what the owners do. Jerry Jones is focusing on him. Jerry Jones is focusing on the people that he cares about. The people who help him make money. That's what Jerry Jones is focused on right now. Mike Reese was also on Get Up This Morning, Patriots reporter for ESPN.com. Get this. The Patriots offense could be better without Tom Brady. Okay, we'll play a role on Mike. Talking to people around the Patriots, there's an acknowledgement that it's going to be hard to match what they had at quarterback with Tom Brady, arguably, uh, you know, the greatest of all time. But the thought process is that if they can just get solid play at the quarterback position and then improve in several other areas, the totality of the offense could be more efficient. And here's something for you. Last year, Tom Brady led the NFL with 33 throwaways. Now, that's not all on Tom Brady, but a reflection that the overall offense didn't always get what it was hoping to out on the field. So they hope that it's going to be Jarrett Stidham. He's been leading some of these throwing sessions that some of the players on offense have had here outside of Boston. And it's an approach that's similar to really 2001 when Brady was a young quarterback taking over in New England. Jarrett Stidham is going to make the offense better than Tom Brady. Okay, I got to wait and see. It's going to be interesting football season, right? There's no question about that. Baseball. Let's turn and see what's the latest. Rob Manford was on SportsCenter. You know, the baseball draft is tonight. We'll get you caught up on who the Mets and Yankees chose. But Rob Manford was on SportsCenter, and guess what? He was asked, are you going to mandate a 50-game season? I'm a big believer um, in the process. Um, I would prefer to negotiate a new agreement with with the MLBPA that gets us more games and resolves um, the issues that have separated us amicably. Uh, But at the end of the day, we negotiated for the right in March to start the season on a number of games um, that that we select in these particular circumstances. And if we have to, we'll exercise that right. There was a March 26th agreement. From the agreement to where we are today, can you explain, in your opinion, how we got here? No, (laughs) he can't. But he made an interesting guarantee. Listen to this. I'll be disappointed that we're unable to reach an agreement that allows us to play more games. Um, But you know what? I think at the end of the day, the most important thing, and I'm not buying into your number of 48, the most important thing is that we play Major League Baseball in 2020, and I can tell you unequivocally we are going to play Major League Baseball this year. Wow. Guarantees that you will have baseball this season. Amazing. Sports Center had Jeff Passan. He's all over this scenario. And as far as the player's side, he says it's prorated salaries or nothing. 
The more conversations I've had with players over the last week or so, the more I've come to understand that the full prorated salary is not the most important thing for them. It is more or less the only thing for them at this point. And I understand, listen, there are other issues. There's health and safety and, you know, they have expanded playoffs that they can give to Major League Baseball as a carrot. But in the end, the players say no matter how long the season is, we want our full pro rata. Jeff, is there any way, what about the players who don't believe in holding out for their prorated seasons? What salaries, what do they do? I've spoken with a number of players who I'm going to call moderates. These are players who don't necessarily believe in the idea of holding out for the full prorated salary. And they have said to a man that they believe that this is a position that they, uh, one person called it a hill that they will die on. And if they die on that hill at 48 games, that means we're going to have a 48-game season as implemented by Major League Baseball. There's going to be a grievance by the Players Association for the league not playing its fullest season. And all of the labor animus that we've seen is only going to continue, not just in this offseason, Scott, but going forward when the collective bargaining agreement expires in 2021, the possibility of a lockout or a strike in 2020. Like, it gets really, really ugly even uglier than it's been already if we don't get a deal done at some point here and they come to that place in the middle and figure out a number of games that's not 48. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's back and forth every day, right? You just can't figure out what is going on with this baseball schedule and whether they're going to play or whether they're not going to play. It just goes, it just goes around and around. It's like a tennis match. It's like serve and volley, serve and volley, back and forth, back and forth. It's, it's, it's just, it's unbelievable. According to sources, NBA team personnel are expected to be asked to submit personal medical histories to a panel of physicians who would review the individual risk of serious illness due to any spread of the coronavirus in the NBA's bubble environment in Orlando, Florida, according to uh, folks who told us at ESPN. So that's one thing you're hearing about. It's unclear by what authority or if any panel might have in prohibiting any personnel from attending the league's restart or maybe placing limitations upon them. But there is some anxiety about such limitations among teams. Now, there's one significant factor in establishing risk for health complications due to the coronavirus. That's advanced age. That leaves three head coaches among those in the 22-team July restart. San Antonio's Greg Popovich, who's 71. Houston's Mike D'Antoni, who's 69, and New Orleans' Alvin Gentry, who's 65, who are perhaps vulnerable to those recommendations. So that's going to be interesting to follow that out to see. And we've heard some things about that, right, about age being a concern. You know, Mike D'Antoni's name has been mentioned in this before. So these are just some of the things that they have to be worked out before we get the, the NBA back in action. And staying with the NBA, Quinn Snyder was on first take, you know the uh, Mitchell-Gobert relationship that many said we heard that was just suffering bad after the COVID-19 situation in the Utah Jazz locker room? Well, Quinn Snyder has an update. I think it's important, you know, just to take a step back um, as you're thinking about um, those two guys. They're both really terrific people and, and excellent players. Um, this, this was the first time that, that any two players – um, on one team, uh, really, I, I think across the world, certainly in, in the U.S. and in the NBA, that were diagnosed with, with that virus. And if you could imagine, you know, the emotion, uh, the fear, 
uh, all the different things that, that go through, you know, their minds and, and their feelings. Uh, it's, it's humbling to think about that and, and you try to. And I, I think right now, you know, we're in good shape. Those guys are getting ready to play and they're as excited as anybody in our team or anybody in the league. It will be interesting to see how they fare with each other when things go back. When teams go back, will that relationship be able to be repaired? That's going to be interesting. Have you turned your man cave into your home office? Well, here's your chance to upgrade your work at home experience with an Amazon Echo. We'll give you three chances a day through tomorrow to win a smart speaker for your home office. To enter, email a photo of your work from home setup to 98.7 FM at ESPN.com with the subject line Echo and include your name and phone number. You better do it now. Again, that's 98.7 FM at ESPN.com. It's all from the smartest station in the game, 98.7 ESPN. By the way, to listen on your smart speakers, very simply, just say play 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 